0: Hello, and welcome to the third episode of the Green Talk podcast, a podcast aiming at making complex climate-related issues understandable for all, provided to you by Green Facts. We'll be releasing a 25-minute discussion, sometimes a bit more, with an expert on climate, energy, or sustainability topics every two weeks on Thursdays. I'm Leo Robert, Green Power Analyst at Green Fact. If you listened to the two first episodes, which I'm assuming you did, you know where I'm from, the country we call the Hexagon. GreenFact is an Oslo-based company and the leading market intelligence provider for guarantees of origin. If you want to know more, visit our website, greenfact.com. Do not hesitate to rate the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcast, or write me at Greentalk at greenfact.com. We hope you enjoy listening. It is a question of our own survival. Make our planet great again. We want crystal clean water. We want to be able to
1: say that we we did the actions that were were right, the actions that that were important. So how can we successfully navigate our way into this future world?
0: Carbon capture and storage is one of the techniques that can be used to reduce CO2 emissions from human activities. This technology can capture up to 90% of the CO2 released by burning fossil fuels for electricity generation and industrial processes. And today on the Green Talk podcast, we're lucky to have Hanna Rollen as our guest. Welcome, Hanna. Thank you. You're currently the head of sustainability for Arca Carbon Capture, a company based in Norway. We'll discuss the CCS technology, which could be the key to tackling global warming. CCS is an abbreviation for carbon capture and storage, a technology that will be essential in reaching our climate target. The IEA has stated that reaching a net-zero society will be virtually impossible without CCS. So my first question is very simple. Before we move into why carbon capture is so important, could you uh, start by briefly introducing what CCS is and how the technology works?
1: Absolutely. And uh, carbon capture and storage is not that mysterious as it might sound. Uh, we have a solution there where we can redirect the flue gas of any industrial processes. You could think about the industrial chimneys that you see. We redirect that flue gas into our solution, our plant, uh, where we are able to then separate out the CO2 from the, from the gas or from the flue gas. And we can then typically liquefy it for further transport and then deliver it for permanent storage. So that is the CCS. Um, and then we also have the CCU, and that is the carbon capture and utilization. That is where instead of storing the CO2, y- you would apply the CO2 for uh, making any products, fuels, uh, or use it in other industrial processes. And often we would refer to, and we love abbreviations here, is the CCUS, but of course it's either CCU or CCS. And um, when we think about CCS, we typically could sum it up to have three specific roles. One is to decarbonize industrial processes. Um, cement industry, I'm sure we'll come back to that. Uh, steel, um, waste to energy. And uh, also we, can, uh, we will apply the second role for CCS would be to apply it for decarbonizing energy and support the energy transition and that could be for such as gas to power, we could um, enable the uh, low carbon hydrogen and also again the waste to energy, uh, to decarbonize the energy that comes out of that. In addition, that will provide us what we often refer to as negative emissions or carbon removal, which is immensely important for us to reach our net zero targets because it's actually the net in net zero
0: very clear. Thank you very much, uh, Hannah for the um, the introduction. Uh, let's uh, let's move on uh, a a bit and uh, and focus on uh, on a country you know very well and that I know very well as well. Norway. Norway has uh, over twenty years of experience in uh, in storing CO two and is currently developing one of the first industrial CCS projects called Longship. So CCS is having some sort of a worldwide progress, but it would be uh, very nice if you, Hannah could give us a bit more in-depth introduction on what is the current status for CCS technology and uh, where are the most uh, CO2 storage projects happening uh, worldwide today, if you, if we take a bit of, uh, of a step back hmm. from Norway.
1: Absolutely. But to start with Norway, we do have the experience of storing CO2 all the back to 1996 at the Sleipner field. Uh, so absolutely a long history here already. Uh, when it comes to uh, the worldwide uh, status of CCS, it's still limited. Uh, there's facilities in operation in, uh, in the States uh, already today. There's a number of pilot projects that has been done across the globe. Um, but when we look backwards, there has been other drivers for implementing CCS uh, than what we see today. Um, the, the business cases has mainly been driven by uh, the opportunity to enhance more oil uh, from the oil fields by injecting CO2. But moving forward, we see that this is changing and this is more now about industries that see that in order for them to be uh, future proven, uh, they need to remove their own emissions. And, and we see that this is definitely um, really scaling when we look towards the Northern Europe uh, UK, uh, Norway, of course, as mentioned, and also, <coughs> sorry, in the US and uh, and Canada, we really see positive uh, shifts uh, these days.
0: Very good. Um, talking about industry, let's um, let's focus on the one that uh, that is, you know, that can be held accountable for quite a lot of emissions. The the cement industry that you've mentioned um, a few a few seconds ago, um, we've. Seen um, some studies that say that the cement industry can be accountable for around five, six, seven percent uh, roughly of the world total CO2 emissions. And cement industry is a sector where we can decarbonize with CCS technology. Now, Norsem's cement uh, plant in Brevik, Norway, will be the first carbon capture project that will store around 400,000 of tons of CO2 annually. This is a project. Acker Carbon Capture, your company is taking part in. When will this project be, be up and running? And what is Acker Carbon Capture main responsibility in, in this huge, massive project?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so just to underline the importance of what you just said here. So in Norway, Brevik, a couple of hours just outside of Oslo, we are currently constructing the world's very first full-scale carbon capture plant at a cement uh, facility and when you look at about that world emissions that is meant production is responsible for um it just underlines the importance of this project so aqua carbon capture we deliver the the technology uh, for this uh, project and it's going to be operational in 2024 that's not too far from now and of course to repeat this projects. Uh, towards other cement uh, producers moving towards the 2030 uh, targets and goals uh, for the climate, we, we see that this is hugely important. And why I would like to promote cement uh, as well as a hard-to-abate industry and explain that expression a bit is that uh, the, um, the emissions can't be reduced without carbon capture and storage. And the reason for that is that the emissions comes from the production of cement itself. Uh, it's uh, it can't be reduced by switching to renewable. Uh, it can't be reduced by switching fuels. Uh, it is only the only way to really get to net zero for cement. So uh, this is uh, truly exciting.
0: And we know how. Uh Cement is key in uh, in in a lot of uh, other uh, industries. Um, yeah, um, let's move on to the the storage uh, part of uh, of CO two. That is kind of a mystery for us, someone who's just read the CCS expression for the first time. What is storage like? Okay, we remove CO two, but uh, I mean, or where can we store it? How can we store? It? What are the technologies? Is it safe, etc. So CO two is is stored deep below the continental shelf, uh, often more than 1000-2000 meters uh, below the ground. What if a sudden leak of CO2 were to happen at an injection site? I assume this could put the health of surrounding people and animals uh, at risk. Uh, How do we know that it is safe to store carbon as the long-term storage capacity is uncertain even though we have 25 years of experience as, as you've just said?
1: Yeah, I think to add to, to the experience that we have with the injection and storing CO2 already, uh, of course, this is a bit like reversed to oil and gas extraction that we know, uh, where the oil and gas has been kept safely for millions of years. And and we use those same characteristics when it comes to storing CO2. And when we think about longship and the storage project, they're called Northern Lights, uh, there has been drilled uh, specific uh wells for the storage and uh, of course assessing um t- and, and finding the the optimal sol- uh, storage site for the CO2 in this project so i'm confident uh for having uh f- for moving forward with CO2 storing uh, and um it will remain there
0: yeah that is uh, kind of reassuring because uh, as you have just said CCS is um is expanding uh, very very fast, and uh, we'll we'll come to that later. Talking about COP twenty seven, where you have the chance to to go. Um, but um, moving to the market part and the you know economically involvements and economic involvements and uh, the costs of uh, CCS. Um, CCS is often seen as expensive due to the energy cost involved um, which can contribute to making it tempting for for businesses um, from all across all industries to avoid transitioning to ccs so they can maintain their their margins because the costs are quite uh, considerable can ccs power generation uh, projects economically compete with renewable power generation and those ccs costs more than it's worth
1: I think as a starting point, we, we need both. Uh, we need the dispatchable power, such as uh, gas to power with CCS, uh, as well as renewable deployment, uh, where the first complements the energy supply when the sun is not shining and the wind is not blowing. As simple as that. Um, and to your question, if CCS is a cost more than it's worth, well, um, today I don't think that we have really priced in the cost of pollution or polluting. Uh, Without CCS, we know that we are not going to meet our climate targets. Uh, And we know that there are important volumes of carbon removal that is required to neutralize the residual emissions after we have done the deep emission uh, reduction efforts. Um, And I think that uh, we know uh, already the impacts uh, at 1.1 degree warming Uh, I think there's been some very good uh, um, descriptions of this uh, over this summer. We see the droughts, we see the heat waves, we see the more extreme weather and the cost that that comes with that. Uh, We have seen the uh, projections how this is going to increase moving forward if we don't manage to to curb uh, the global warming. So I think it's... um, I think it's uh, in that sense, it's uh, not an expensive uh, investment for us to do. Uh, It's not the only investment that we need to do, of course. It's not the silver bullet, but it's one of the solutions uh, that we need to really deploy at scale uh, in order to meet our targets.
0: Yeah, it's one of the many tools we have, but one of the most important, Mm -hmm. given that it can uh, reduce emissions from uh, very... High-intensive industries, let's say like the the cement one we've we've mentioned, so it's uh, it's uh, it's really important. Um, carbon capture and storage um, and utilization uh, will contribute, as we just said, to the carbonization of industries that emit uh, a lot of yeah greenhouse houses, um, Mostly industries, right? But how will CCS work for from a market perspective, like? Will the whole value chain of CCS be, be offered as as a service?
1: I think what is important now is that we need emitters to move and we need emitters to move quickly and take action. And uh, what we have seen in the past is that it's taking quite some years to mature a CCS project. And uh, CCS as a or Carbon Capture as a Service is actually already out on the market with the intent of making it easier for the emitter to take a decision and move forward. Uh, There's, uh, without doubt, quite uh, a a large project to lift to to move forward with the carbon capture and storage due to you need to take care of the full value chain, it's the carbon capture, it's the transport, it's the storage and uh, with the in LinkedIn uh, interfaces and risk management across all of this. So being able to deliver this as a service, we believe that it will make it easier uh, for the smaller and medium sized emitters uh, that typically we need to focus on their core uh, business. Their core business will not be carbon capture, but it's more like a, uh, a challenge that they need to support on uh, getting solved. And we believe that um, um, going in there and, and take that uh, project management in a way it will lift some of this uh, this burden
0: yeah because i'm putting myself in the in the head of some of our listeners that can be corporates or small businesses as you say and they they might ask themselves okay you know i want to i want to do something i want to i want to you know be involved in some ccs projects but how does this work like how can you guys help me to you know, have these these projects up and running, and how can I reduce uh, the 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 carbon that I that I emit from, from whichever industry I am from? So this is something that uh, we need to tackle because focusing on the on big businesses might be very important in in the beginning to develop and you know scale up um, this uh, this new technology. But at the same time, you uh, you want to take care of the of the small businesses that are still emitting, right?
1: I think we all need to do our part. To, to get to where we need to be. So uh, to find this sort of optimal solutions for each of the segments that we are uh, working together with uh, being small or large emitters, I think they're all different sort of drivers and, and support needs.
0: Completely agree. <laughs> and um, yeah, we, we've said um, since the beginning a few times and since the, the beginning of this podcast as well that reducing emissions is... I was about to say critical, but it's, yeah, I mean, necessary or uh, urgent, let's say. We need to do it uh, as soon as possible. So how long, how much time does it take to develop a CCS infrastructure from, from zero to 100, right? Uh, and when do you believe that a market for CCS will be completely up and running?
1: So this uh, depends on the, which part of the value chain we're looking at. But let's start with the carbon capture uh, part of it. And there we see that the solutions that we're bringing to the market for small and medium sized emitters, we call it just catch. Catchy name. Uh, those uh, div- solutions uh, do not require more than a year and a half, two years uh, in order to have them in place. Uh, they are modularized and uh, container based, so it's easy to assemble and get them up on the site. Uh, our big catch solutions for the larger meters, typically then uh, ranging for from 400,000 tons a year and up, like uh, the example with Noshim. Yep. Um, uh, this would add some, some more months to the work depending on the site and uh, the integration to the host facility and, and so on. But this is also where we get back to storage and infrastructure development. Uh, of course that uh, we see that is more lengthy processes to have that in place. And it just underlines the importance for uh, us in Norway uh, but also other countries and other parts of the world to, to stress uh, the the infrastructure development when it comes to uh, hubs for instance uh, uh, by Keysight for smaller meters uh, to connect to but also to have the uh, the the ships in place and the storage locations in place close by the meters because uh, that also of course uh, drives uh, cost reductions. Um, so when you ask about the CCS market uh, when that is up and running well, I for sure do have great expectations towards 2030 uh, because there is basically no option for us not, not to have that in place by then. Um, and I think that we see that the insight of the need of, of CCS is really um, maturing and getting in place and of course supported. You mentioned the IEA report, Roadmap to Net Zero. Uh, it's uh, We see in the IPCC um, trajectories, we also see this part of the solution. And I think a good indication is also uh, if we take it a bit closer to home uh, where uh, we had the visit from the European Commissioner for Energy, Kadri Simpson, last week at the CCS forum, where she stated that without CCUS there's no green deal, indicating that we're not going to meet the climate targets uh, in Europe neither if we don't manage to scale this uh, rapidly. Um, I think another important mar- market driver that is uh, quite uh, exciting this fall is the uh, implementation of the, the Inflation Reduction Act in the US, which uh, is specifically incentivizing deploying uh, CCS in the US. And the expectation linked to this is uh, is quite huge in, in order to uh, scale this quickly. And I think also, of course, uh, as we are now delivering the the uh, longship project in Norway, we will gain a lot of learning. Uh, here we are developing the full value chain at the same time, which of course uh, is both important and makes sense. Uh, it doesn't make sense to do either or. Uh, so uh, this will provide us with some important uh, insights. But of course, we must avoid the catch-up effect, uh, meaning that all of the projects can't be realized in 2029 when we realize all of a sudden that we are actually far away from reaching our target. so that is why it's so important to get started these years that we can mature the supply chain make them ready to really uh, deliver the large volumes that is required
0: that was uh, <clears throat> very clear and i'd like to um, to mention you mentioned the, the ipcc um, reports and um, We've noticed that in the 2005 special report on, on CCS by the by the very IPC that you mentioned, they concluded that, I quote, appropriately selected and managed geological reservoirs are very li- likely to retain over 99% of the sequestered CO2 for longer than 100 years and likely to retain 99% it, of it for longer than 1,000 years. So we see that uh, CCS has been... Um, you know, on the discussion for quite so many years, and you've mentioned the date of uh, 1996, and we hope that it's gonna scale up and um, and be up and running in the in the in the very years to uh, to come. Um, going back to the world wide um, discussions and projects being held all across the world, and you've mentioned the recent developments in the US that are very favorable. Uh, we can hope also. Perhaps new favorable developments in Brazil, given the recent uh, election and probably the shift, uh, I mean, the new existence of an environmental uh, policy in Brazil mm-hmm. and not destroying the forest anymore. Uh, large scale projects are therefore held and in operation worldwide. But however, further technology developments uh, are needed to reduce the costs uh, related to CCS that we've mentioned before. And this is related to um, the whole market perspective. What do you see as the biggest or maybe some roadblocks uh, to CCS implementation and how can we overcome them? Mm.
1: Well, I I think I already thoroughly covered the uh, importance of infrastructure, transport and storage, so I'm not going to repeat that one. Um, Otherwise, I think in order to scale this quickly, we need to have some incentives for what I would call the fast followers, those that need now to follow the projects that are being delivered as we speak. Um, we do need to have a cost for polluting. Otherwise the incentive mechanisms that we, we need is, is basically not in place. Uh, here it could be interesting to see if we could have like a price uh, floor for the EU ETS because we see how important that is for decision making. And another point I would like to highlight is that we really need to have uh, established a value for carbon removal. So carbon removal, we didn't really uh, get back to that but that means when, uh, when we are, an, uh, are able to take CO2 out of the natural carbon cycle, which is, for instance, then with the biomass incineration together with CCS. And um, we see that those emitters that are able uh, to, to, to support the carbon removal, they do not have the incentives in place to do so yet. Uh, so this is something that we really need to be able to to set moving forward.
0: So it's more like a voluntary setup at the moment. Like they can act on their own, but there is no big incentive or um, constraints on this.
1: Yeah, it's very. Uh, it's often referred to a immature market when yeah. it comes to the carbon removal and carbon credits. Uh, but we see that there is. Um, it's very much uh, on the agenda, uh, looking to the EU. Uh, but we need to firm this up. We need to have the the right accounting in place and the right uh, sort of uh, uh, rules, uh, so that we we know that what is uh, what is being purchased and how do we do the counting also on the national level. So this is a very exciting area to follow uh, moving forward. Um, and I would also like to add what we what could we all do when it comes to this? And uh, depending on, we are all sort of in our different roles and, and companies, but uh, in any case, uh, how can we impact the, uh, and use our purchase power? So now we know that uh, the uh, Heilberg cement facility in Brevik will be in operation in 2024. Uh, that means that there will be access to low-carbon cement why don't we have requirements to utilize low-carbon cement uh, in our construction uh, work, for instance? And these kind of solutions is uh, coming to market, I hope, rapidly over the years to come. Uh, but we should also clearly set our demand towards it. That will really help de-risk any uh, project that the, uh, the different um, businesses will, would like to undertake in this
0: area. Demand has been passed uh, to uh, politicians. If you're listening, we, we would like some uh, some new legislation on this and perhaps bigger incentives um, for these solutions. Um, last but not least, this episode will uh, most likely, or no doubt, be released on the 17th of November, one of the latest days of COP27, which you have the pleasure to attend uh, with uh, as part of your role uh, at Carbon Capture. Um what do you personally expect from the discussions in Sharm el Sheikh in Egypt in terms of concrete actions both on the ccus uh, level and the global level uh yeah do you have any uh, specific expectations and do you think we can uh, uh move things uh, a tiny bit forward
1: uh well of course i have huge expectation, honestly, uh, as I will have every year moving forward. uh, Because uh, I just hope that someone is going to surprise me. Uh, Because we need those initiatives to move forward. We need to see the action. um, Because every year now towards 2030 will be important. Uh, We have all seen that we, with the current strategies, will not meet our targets. So something has to happen. So yeah, great expectations. I'm excited to, to learn what the different uh, nations will bring to COP and I hope that this is also a push both for businesses and for nations to, to take those important steps. Uh, when it comes to uh, CCS in particular, I would say that we see a shift in the momentum uh, over the least, these last couple of years. And uh, I hope to see that continue also at COP. Uh, at least we see that there's already quite a lot of uh, events that is taking place, uh, discussions uh, with uh, yeah, across organizations and nations on this uh, important topic. So that is very encouraging. Um, and of course, uh, we see it also with the, the importance of uh, sharing our insight, our knowledge from what is taking place, what are the important barriers that we just touched upon that could really help us scale this part of the this uh, climate solution. So I think implementation is a key word. Uh, we have seen that already related to COP, and uh, let's uh, let's make this count. Uh, that's uh, that's my big uh, hope.
0: Yeah, pledges aren't enough. Uh, we need action now and you're feeling optimistic and uh, in, in regards to this and how we uh, we can move forward with this we're gonna we're gonna solve this
1: absolutely working for it every day
0: <laughs> thank you so much hannah tusentak as we say Norway, for these uh wonderful insights about carbon capture uh, and storage uh, guys if you haven't done it already make sure to subscribe to the green talk on uh, whichever platform you're listening to. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, give us a rating. And should you have any questions, remarks, suggestions or of topic or guest, write me at GreenTalk at GreenFact.com. You can also follow GreenFact on LinkedIn if you want more insights about energy certificate markets. See you in two weeks. Ciao.